Hello once again, it's Grayson, and welcome back to the Gray Talk Sports Podcast. And today is going to be a little bit more of an informal, I guess you could say, episode, because I'm going to be talking about my playoff predictions, so let's get into it. So if you don't happen to already know the seating for the playoffs, the AFC side is number one, Titans, two, Chiefs, three, Bills, four, Bengals, five, Raiders, six, Pats, and seven, Steelers. And for the NFC side, it's one, Packers, two, Bucks, three, Cowboys, four, Rams, five, Cardinals, six, 49ers, and seven, Eagles. So... Let's get into the official predictions, but before we get into it, I do want to just say something before it all begins, and that is that, honestly, we don't, obviously we don't know who's going to be in the divisional round other than the Packers and the Titans, but again, these are predictions, so the wild card, I will actually analyze all of the wild card matchups, tell you my very informed predictions, and Overall, yeah, wild card, we're going to get a lot more explanation on than divisional round, championship round, and Super Bowl. Not as much explanation because we don't exactly know the matchups, but here we go. One last thing, though. I will be talking about these more in terms of seeding, I would say, than like when the games actually are. But I will provide like when the games happen so you can go and watch them. So, With that out of the way, let's get into it. We'll be starting with the AFC. So the first matchup we'll talk about is the number two-seeded Chiefs versus the number seven-seeded Steelers. And now in some of these games, there will be things that I'll talk about and other games where I won't talk about the things. But something that I do want to mention is weather. And you notice some of these teams, like, this isn't happening. But say if a team that's used to playing in warm weather outside, so the Buccaneers went and played in Lambeau. It's a just a drastically different environment, and obviously teams are probably going to play a pinch worse. Oh, and also, I just got the notification on my no- phone, breaking news, Joe Judge is out as the Giants head coach. I think that's actually a pretty good move, but enough talking about that. Let's get into the matchup. So the weather in Kansas City for that game is looking to be 44 degrees and just partly cloudy. Generally, pretty good night. It's going to be on Sunday at 8.15 Eastern Time on NBC. By the way, all the times will be Eastern on this. And honestly, I think the Chiefs are just too hot right now. Really, the only loss they've taken in the past little bit was against the Bengals a few weeks ago. And that ultimately knocked them off of the number one seed. But this team was pretty much a one seed lock. Then they went and choked the game against the Bengals. But overall, my score prediction for this game is Chiefs 31, Steelers 17. The way I see it, I think the Steelers' kind of unexperienced, not very good cornerbacks core, they won't be able to keep up with this crazy, crazy Chiefs offense. Oh, and by the way, these teams actually met in Week 16 where the Chiefs demolished the Steelers 36-10. to And, I mean, if that game goes anything like how this one goes, then the Steelers are absolutely dead. Also, 
Big Ben was pretty much normal Big Ben, which is not very good. He had 159 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Najee Harris did do pretty good that game. He had 19 carries for 93 yards with zero touchdowns. And honestly, Mahomes didn't do phenomenal that game. He had uh, 258 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions, other than the touchdowns, obviously. Um, No one really did phenomenal on offense for the Chiefs on this game, but they spread the ball around, which is kind of rare for the Chiefs, and 15 players actually touched the ball that game. And honestly, if they stick to that same game plan, which you expect that they do since it worked in the first time they met, I've got the Chiefs locking up an easy win and an easy, easy, easy second game for Arrowhead. Next game we're going to talk about is the Bills and the Patriots. This game is on Saturday at 8.15 on CBS, one of the three night games. We already mentioned the other one. And for my score prediction on this game, the weather is going to be 16 degrees with a tiny bit of snow and very low wind. So, honestly, normal Buffalo playoff conditions. And I've got the Bills eking out a win against the Patriots, 26-24. to And, honestly, the reasons why are that I just think Josh Allen really th- – he just thrives in this weather. Nothing else about it. I mean – He has been consistently so good in the cold. And, I mean, it's just made him the Buffalo man. And, honestly, I think this game comes down to a late field goal with the score being, like, 23-24. And, like, I'm not saying, like, game-winning last-second field goal. I'm talking about, like, two-minute range field goal that ends up not being able to recover for the Patriots. I do think the Patriots' run game is going to thrive in this game, just as they did in the first meeting between these two teams, which, by the way, they met twice this season, once in Week 14 and once in Week 16. In Week 14, the Patriots had the infamous windy, windy, windy game where Mac Jones had an amazing stat line of 2 for 3 for 19 yards, and the Patriots won 10 to 14. So, I mean... Does it even really matter that Mac did absolutely nothing that game? I don't think so. Because the running backs had 226 yards and a touchdown. That's unheard of. That's crazy. And also they split the ball between four of them. So that's crazy. And the Bills that game, Allen honestly just got locked down. Josh Allen was nothing that game. He had 105 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, but I will say there were unbelievably high winds, if y'all remember that game. It was super cold. I think even colder than what it's going to be for the wild card game in Buffalo. Crazy game, weird coverage on that game. It was just probably the weirdest game of the season because just nothing was going right. Then in week 16, the Bengals and Patriots met again, as I already said, and Josh Allen decided, you know what? I'm going to redeem myself. He passed for 314 yards, had three touchdowns and zero interceptions. And just in case that's not enough, he had 12 carries on the ground, 64 yards, and then zero touchdowns. And he did not turn the ball over once that game, which was perfect. And the defense played pretty good this game. Mac Jones... I mean, he had 145 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. He was ultimately the reason why they lost. But Damian Harris, I mean, again, these running backs just thrive against the Bills. He had 18 carries for 103 yards and three touchdowns. So, I mean, 
I still have the Patriots run game thriving in this game, which really just keeps them in it. But in the end, it comes down to a field goal, as I already said, and I've got the Bills. And also, deciding factor, mark my words, is going to be the big plays on this game. Nothing else is going to matter except what team is going to have more big plays because these defenses, they don't allow them much. So there's my prediction again. Bills 26, Patriots 24. And for the next game, the final AFC wildcard game, we have, to me, which is very low-key, the most intriguing game of the AFC wildcard. And it's the Bengals and the Raiders. Now, obviously, we all know the Raiders story. Um, John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, all the random off-field issues that their players have had, and just Derek Carr and everyone just pushing through. More than anything, Derek Carr, though. He's been an absolute team leader. And you know what? Upset alert. It continues. I've got the Raiders upsetting the Bengals in the first round, 39-35. to Temperatures are going to be 35 degrees that game, maybe a little bit of snow, and it's going to be actually the first wild card game that we will see at 4.30 Saturday on CBS. And again, upset alert. High, high, high upset alert for the Bengals. Because honestly, if you look at the stat line, stats don't lie. Now, week 11, these teams did meet. The Bengals crushed the Raiders 32-13. to But the Raiders were without a lot of key players that game. And I think the Bengals had a little something up their sleeves that the Raiders were not ready for. And honestly, the way I see this game happening. So in the first game, first of all, let me just provide this. Burrow kind of stunk that game. He only had 148 yards and one touchdown. Just not very good. And Jamar Chase did nothing. But the reason they won that game was because Joe Mixon was phenomenal. He had 30 carries. Wow. 123 yards, wow, and two touchdowns, wow. Perfect game for him. Now, Carr did have 215 yards, a touchdown, and an interception, so not a bad game by any means, but their run game was terrible. I mean, they literally didn't get over 50 yards that game in the running department, and we've seen in the past that that's all the Raiders need to get, like, a spark, honestly. And Josh Jacobs will be in for that game unless – like an injury happens this week in practice, which I'm sure they're not practicing very hard. No wild card team is practicing very hard. They don't want any injuries. And Darren Waller will be in. This is going to be a completely different game. I just think they're going to be so ready for Joe Mixon this time that Joe Mixon will not be able to get going. I think the defense will get toasted by Renfro and Waller because this defense is good, but it's more for that front seven. Their cornerbacks are just iffy. Their safeties are good enough. And, again, Renfro just, wow, he's had a heck of a season. And so is Waller, other than the injuries. I think the run-stopping problems kind of continue, though. And it's one of those things where I think the Bengals are just due for a letdown type win. And I'm going to be honest, I love the Bengals just because of they're so fun to watch now. And I usually, I'm a big fan of teams who kind of like, they just – they turn around, you know, like I was a fan of the Browns for a minute because they were just terrible. Then all of a sudden they turned around, then they had to get Baker Mayfield. And I was like, yeah, never mind on y'all. And then, I mean, just the Bengals, they were terrible, 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 terrible. And, I mean, this the team was just like, they always just showed so much heart, though. And now just for them to be in it, 
it's awesome, but I just don't think it's their time. I think the Raiders honestly shut down Joe Burrow as they did in the first game with their crazy, crazy pass rush. That offensive line will not be able to block anything, let alone the whole Raiders defensive line that's crazy with Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby. I mean, they're I don't think they'll be able to stop them here. I've got the Raiders again, upset, high scoring game, 35 39. And the Raiders' Cinderella story continues. Now let's get into the NFC matchups. And just as we started with the number two versus seven in AFC, we're going to start with two versus seven in the NFC. And that would be the two seeded Buccaneers going up against the seven seeded kind of shocker team in here at the beginning of the season. I don't think much of us expected them to do anything. The Bengals. And this game's gonna be on this is gonna be the first game on Sunday. Goes on at one o'clock. It's on Fox. And the weather's gonna be perfect in Tampa as it usually is. Sixty-three degrees, perfect skies, sunny. What else can you ask for for a game? Especially if you're the Eagles, because I'm sure you don't like that cold weather too much. Honestly, the Bucks have so many injuries right now, which is gonna make this game a really good game. But I just I can't bet against Brady in the first round. So I've got the Buccaneers pulling it out 20 to 17. And I already pretty much hinted at a close game. Now these teams met in week six with all the Buccaneers weapons. And the Buccaneers barely pulled off a win, 28 to 22. And in that game, the top five producers on the team, which included Leonard Fournette. Antonio Clown, I mean Brown. Um, you had Chris Godwin was actually I think the key contributor for that game, and um had two other players that really haven't done much else this season. But all five of those won't be playing in that game, and the best receiver, so I guess the sixth best weapon was Mike Evans, and I mean he's not even a hundred percent right now. He will be ready for the game, though. That is the common theme. So, Hertz was actually locked down in that game, which is one of really the few games he was just completely could not do anything. And he only had 115 yards just passing, and he didn't do much on the ground. And remember, this Bucks team is, like, scary until you get hit with injuries. But fortunately for Bucks fans, their defense hasn't been hit yet with too many injuries. And I just think that they're not going to get through the defense. The Eagles aren't. I think their run game will be strong this game. But ultimately, I think it's really, really, really going to be that duo of Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and the tight ends that they put in, the extra tight ends, and maybe a little run game that's ultimately going to push these guys over, being the Bucks and I think the defense does stop the Eagles' run a little bit, but ultimately it won't be enough for the Eagles, even with a decent run game. Again, 17-20, Bucks win it. The next game, actually, this is the only time that we actually have them in chronological order, is going to be Cowboys 49ers, which, first of all, what a game to have in the wild card, especially at AT&T Stadium, which it's a dome. So it's going to be perfect weather in there. Such an iconic place. And the main reason why it's iconic is because of this Cowboys-49ers rivalry. 
or well, not necessarily AT&T Stadium, but just Dallas in general. So many great games have gone down against these two, possibly one of the best old rivalries ever in any sport, honestly. And I've got the team who is more dominant historically in it, winning it. That's right. Got another upset here. As I've got the 49ers taking down the Cowboys 31 to 27. And honestly, the main reason why is this is going to sound weird, but I just think Debo Samuel outduels their entire offense. I bet Debo has 125 receiving in this game and two touchdowns, like 75 rushing and a touchdown. Maybe if it's like last game, he might throw for a touchdown. Overall, I think this. 49ers defense who that's been getting healthy quick and doing pretty good quickly here just shuts down Ezekiel Elliott on the ground with um Galladay or not Galladay geez um with just all the injuries on the Cowboys um just kind of offensive weapons you know obviously losing Gallup for the season that was big because now you just have to cover CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and whoever else they want to throw in, being Pollard, whoever you want, Cedric Wilson. Um, I think Trayvon Diggs is going to allow so many yards this game, as he has all season. I think C.D. Lamb right now is the only guy doing phenomenally on this offense. Um, and they just shut him down, being the 49ers. This is the only wildcard matchup, fun fact, who didn't where the teams did not play at all this season. So... Fun fact about that. And also, this game is going to be on Nickelodeon. So, whoop-de-doo, I hope we get another Cordero Patterson moment from last year. I think the turnover struggles kind of continue for the um, Cowboys. And again, Debo Samuel, I think he goes off. I think this defense holds in the end. 31-27, 49ers beat the Cowboys in an upset. And the final wild card matchup of the week and that we'll be talking about, obviously, because it's the only one we haven't talked about, is Rams-Cardinals. This is going to be on Monday night, the only Monday game, at 8.15 on ESPN and ABC, which is something that they haven't done in a while. And honestly, I think this game is going to be really close. Um, You know, everyone's been looking at the Cardinals recently as, like, they're just dropping, you know. But quite honestly, if you look at the stats, the Cardinals have been dropping at home. They're three and five at home, but they're eight and one on the road. Which, if you're a Rams fan, which not too many of you, but that should scare you. But ultimately, I think the Rams got this one, thirty-eight, thirty-six. Um, overall, I think Kyler Murray is gonna thrive this game, but turns the ball over, and I think that kills him. In the first game that the Rams and the Cardinals played, Kyler turned the ball over two times and had no touchdowns. But in the second away game, completely different story, Kyler did not turn the ball over and had two touchdowns. I mean, it's it's just crazy because it's kind of an unpredictable thing. Again, um, they, I already said they have met, obviously, division teams so week four Cardinals won 37 to 20 week 14 Rams won 30 to 23 both were very very close games despite the first one score but 
ultimately, I really, really think that Stafford's going to turn the ball over a few times this game, and it's really going to put the game in jeopardy. And also, Stafford hasn't gone over 300 yet against the Cards. So, I don't know. Close game, but honestly, I just think the Rams are way too good to lose yet. All right, and now we're into the hypothetical scenarios. So, I have the Titans, obviously, as the one seed, playing the Raiders. Remember, again, from the Bengals upset, they're the lowest seed remaining, and both one seeds will play the lowest remaining seeds available. And so, Titans-Raiders, the Raiders could not hold up to the Titans, I don't think. I think the Titans are an absolutely perfect matchup for the Raiders, and not in the way they want it. I think in that the Titans shut down tight ends, so that takes out one of their main weapons. And the Titans cover very good against short routes, and that takes away Hunter Renfro. And overall, the Titans have done really good against pressure this season. That takes out their third weapon. I think if this game happens, it's going to be a blowout 31-13 to in Nissan Stadium for the Titans. And the Raiders, they don't stop the run phenomenally. And that's a big thing when you're going against the King, Derrick Henry. And again, he'll be 100% for the playoffs. So I, I just think the Titans are a perfect storm against these guys. They can't stop Derrick Henry, I don't think. And if they, their pass defense can't hold, period. So I don't think they'll be able to stop A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and Nick Westbrook Aquina. I think that's just going to be a very difficult matchup if this ends up happening. And again, Titans 31, Raiders 13. For the second hypothetical AFC divisional matchup, we have the number two seeded Chiefs going up against the number three seeded Bills. These teams met in week five, and the final score was 38-20 to in favor of the Bills, actually. But in this game, again, I said it whenever we were talking about Steelers-Chiefs a couple, probably 10 minutes ago. Honestly, I just can't see the Chiefs losing until maybe more of an AFC championship scenario. This is going to be a shootout, no matter how you look at it, in my opinion. And I do think this game is actually one that will more than likely happen. So, yeah, Chiefs-Bills, 38-34. I think Mahomes is just too good to lose yet. Already said it. And this is going to be like a USC-Texas national championship type game where the last with the ball might just get the win. And I've got the Chiefs being the last with the ball. Now for the hypothetical NFC matchups. First off, number one seeded Packers coming off the bye to play the number six seeded 49ers coming off their upset against the Cowboys. I've got the Packers in this one. I just don't think that they're going to be stopped again. They're kind of like the Chiefs until maybe a conference championship scenario. This is probably Aaron Rodgers' last season. I think he's going to be absolutely different in the playoffs. He's going to win the MVP as well. Not really a hot take, but that's just my take on it. I think Rodgers is going to – this is a weird sentence to say that. I never thought I'd say. I think Rodgers is going to outduel Debo Samuel – and overall, just, this could be a good game. I don't know. They met in week three. The Packers won 30-28 to and what seems like a nail-biter, but it really wasn't, honestly, in my opinion. It, score looks close, but it's one of those kind of score deception games. And, yeah, I've got Rodgers just continuing to go crazy. 
28-20, Packers beat the 49ers. So for the second hypothetical NFC matchup, I've got the four-seeded Rams traveling to Tampa to face the number two-seeded Bucks. And honestly, I'm going to bet against Brady. I'm going to say that the Rams come into Tampa and win it. I think the offensive vulnerabilities with the injury are going to show through. And this crazy Rams defense, who has been crazy for a while now, I just think that they're going to be able to overcome. And I think the Bucs are not going to be able to overcome. I think the Bucs are not going to be able to stop this crazy passing attack as they weren't able to in week three when the Rams beat the Bucs 34-24. And honestly... I just don't see the Buccaneers going for it all this year again, and it's more than likely because of injuries. It's conference championship time, and the first game is Titans-Chiefs in the AFC. These teams have already met in Week 7, where the Titans were really the only team this season to just absolutely expose the Chiefs at absolutely everything. I've got the Titans doing it again against, again, the Chiefs, high-powered Chiefs. High-powered Titans, both these teams kind of run off the same philosophy with just good offense equals good defense. And I think the Titans have a good offense and a great defense, and the Chiefs have a great offense and a good defense. It's going to be a phenomenal game, but I've got the Titans 35-23. More than anything, because the Titans just don't stop. Derrick Henry just does not stop. And honestly... Just like how the first game went, I think the turnovers end up making this game. And the Titans, I already said that I think they would beat the Raiders, so that would mean they have shut down Kittle and Waller. And they shut down Kelsey in their first meeting, so why can't they just shut him down again? So, yeah, I've got the Titans going to their second ever Super Bowl. And for the NFC Championship, it's going to be the Packers versus the Rams. And... We all know the story. Aaron Rodgers can't make it past an NFC championship no matter what their seeding is. No one knows why. But honestly, I think he finally does it. And I've got the Packers overcoming the Rams 30-27. to And honestly, just this is going to be a thriller. This will be an absolutely amazing game. They met in week 12 where the Packers kind of ripped them up 36 to 28. Obviously, the whole iconic Aaron Rodgers like running right past Jalen Ramsey thing happened. I think this defense is going to stiffen up, but not enough. I've got the Packers winning 30 to 27 and advancing to Aaron Rodgers' second Super Bowl. And now, the climax of the NFL season. The big game, the most viewed sporting event around the world, the Super Bowl, played in Los Angeles, and your matchup, the two number one seeds, the Packers and the Titans, and honestly, first of all, just for the game atmosphere, I think the game atmosphere is going to be crazy because Titans fans low-key kind of travel pretty well. And then Packers fans obviously travel phenomenally. And honestly, this is just going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy game. But, drumroll please. I've got the Titans winning the Super Bowl against the Packers, mainly because of the new news about Aaron Rodgers. 
which he kind of debunked it, but quite honestly, that is something Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, would do if you didn't hear about it. Aaron, um, I forget what podcast it was on exactly, but um, it was from a trusted source that said that Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> would just go crazy right before the Super Bowl if they made it and start talking about COVID and ultimately end up sitting out the game in favor of Jordan Love just to tick off the NFL more than anything. And if that happens, then the Titans will kill them. But I don't know. I feel like it's just such a major rumor alert type thing. Where am I just put the score at 24-21 right now? Either way, though, I do think the Titans win this game, mainly because of the defense. I think Christian Fulton could honestly shut down Devontae Adams with the way things have been going. And not... Let me let me rephrase that. Not shut down Devontae Adams, because I don't think that's even possible. Just contain him a little bit. And this run defense from the Titans is incredibly good. So they can shut down that run game. Defense, I think they could carve up the defense, especially with the run game. And, man, this would be a phenomenal ending to what has been a phenomenal season. Now that all the predictions are out of the way, I just want to say that I 110% expect to be proven wrong in every single round, and I expect absolutely none of these picks to be correct. However, this is my personal best educated guess with where my heart is, and ultimately, I could see a ton of different Super Bowl matchups happening. Really, only one I don't see happening is anything involving the Steelers, but honestly, just... This has been a crazy season filled with great games. And just as an added bonus, I'm going to talk about some of the greatest games and give my three candidates for the game of the year. So, my three nominees are Week 1, Raiders, Ravens. An amazing game. It went down to overtime. I hope most of y'all actually remember this game. If you don't remember, the... Raiders went up early, about 99% sure, and then all of a sudden, the Ravens just, Lamar Jackson did his thing, and all of a sudden, we had a game, Uh, then went to overtime, then Derek Carr just delivers the dime of all dimes, and the Raiders win the game. My second game of the year candidate was the Bills versus the Titans in week six, the Monday night football game. And speaking of, we had some phenomenal night games this year. If y'all don't remember how this game went, the second quarter was scoring mayhem. Bills went into halftime with the lead. Bills then extended their lead. Then the Titans shot them out in the fourth quarter and stopped Josh Allen on the one-yard line which was just absolutely crazy. I was at Nissan Stadium when it happened. Crowd was going crazy. It was just awesome. Great game. And the final candidate for game of the year is going to be a game that we really saw only about three days ago, the Chargers and the Raiders, Week 18. Wow. That that was just crazy. Um. I don't know where else to start. I mean, Chargers, you know, they were they were doing good, honestly. They were doing good. Um, obviously things still stands that they might should have gone for a tie. 
Raiders started this game up 17-14. Then all of a sudden, third quarter and fourth quarter happen. Chargers bring this game to a tie. They go to overtime, crazy overtime, three field goals, and Brandon Staley calls a dumb timeout at the end, giving the Raiders the win. By the way, I just want to point out the fact that Justin Herbert threw 64 times in this game. 64. That is an easy game of the year candidate. But ultimately, I'm going to give the game of the year to the game that we just talked about, Week 18, Chargers-Raiders. Already talked about it, just crazy game. Once you're done listening to this podcast, go watch the highlights of that game again. Game of the year, by far. Now I'm just going to do some award predictions. I already said my MVP award prediction was going to go to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Discount Double Check himself, Aaron Rodgers. My offensive player of the year, just because he got the triple crown, I think he deserves it the most, over Jonathan Taylor and over Tom Brady. I think Cooper Cup deserves this award the most, but ultimately I think they'll give it to Jonathan Taylor. So, I'm going to go with my heart. My prediction, Cooper Cup. And for Defensive Player of the Year, it has to be T.J. Watt. If it's not T.J. Watt, then I don't know what NFL the NFL is watching. For Comeback Player of the Year, I think this one's, again, pretty obvious. I think it's going to be Dak Prescott. He's just about, really, the only major, major candidate for it. And for Coach of the Year, I've got Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans. He has just been... Phenomenal resilient. This team has had so many injuries and so many COVID things, and the Titans just continue to step up. And they got that number one seed. So, really just great season from all these guys and the coach. Thank you all so much for listening to Episode 2 of the Great Talk Sports Podcast. Um, I'm thinking about making the schedule every Tuesday, and then I might just post a little bit frequently in between. But definitely every Tuesday at 645, we'll be getting a new episode. And, yeah, thanks for watching. I'll see you all next week. Side note, by the way, um, my last podcast, if you haven't already listened to it, go listen to it. It was about the football team's new name. So... Two stories have kind of come out about that. This is going to be quick. First of all, there have been multiple, multiple things pointing to the Washington Commanders, including a uniform leak that said Commanders and a piece of paper that was sitting on an interviewer's desk that very clearly said Washington Commanders across it. But it could also be the Admirals because someone noticed that their team store URL actually changed to Washington Admirals. So who knows?